If you're a man, stand up and shout about it. Come on, men, let's hear ya. Yeah. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. How are you guys doing tonight? Glad that all you guys are here. Those of you who just got registered, we, we waited a little bit just to get you hooked up and registered. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. We are so excited about what is happening, not just tonight, for the, but for the next six weeks with Men's High Call and our Answer the Call rally tonight. Pastor Tim's going to be our featured speaker tonight, and we'll go into that in just a few moments. Now, if you're here tonight and you're just saying, Pastor Mike, I didn't sign up, I don't want to sign up, I'm just here tonight just to kind of check it out. We're glad that you're here. We welcome you. But we also want to encourage you, if you enjoyed it and you really feel like this is what God wants you to do, because we want them to sign up, right, guys? So please sign up if you can afterwards. We're going to have some ways. It's not going to be online afterwards, but there will be ways for you to register afterwards, and we'll let you know a little bit about that afterwards where you can sign up. I just want to kind of explain everything to you because there's, this is the first time we're doing this, so there's a lot of questions, and so we're going to try and answer as many as we can, but one particular question that we have is, hey, I signed up for small groups. I'm here tonight. When does my small group start? Actually, your small group begins tonight. This is your small group for this whole week. So Sunday being the first night of the week for this whole week, this is your small group. So if you signed up for Tuesdays or Wednesday mornings or Thursday nights, consider this your small group for this very first week. So no matter what day year falls on, this is all of our small group together, and Pastor Tim will be our small group leader for tonight. Then starting next week, which will be Tuesday the 16th, that week, a week from Tuesday, that will be week two. So week two, it's for that week, then week three, week four, week five, and then week six, we'll come back together again just like this and have another rally where Pastor Tim, it's kind of like two bookends, where at the end where he'll get together and be our small group leader for the last celebration service that we're having together on a Sunday evening, again, six weeks from tonight. So is that explaining to you guys? Because a lot of people want to know, hey, do I show up Tuesday night or Wednesday? Not this week. But next week, so beginning the 16th, that's when you'll be able to sign up for that. Also, we've asked every single person in the groups and every group, and we have almost, I don't have the final number because people were still signing up. We had over 600 guys sign up as of today and almost 700 as of tonight. So I don't know exactly what the numbers are yet, but we'll get that information to you. So one of the ways that we want to be a blessing to our community and to other people is we're asking every small group to find some type of community project that you can do together, reaching out to people in your project. And your group leader will explain that to you tonight. We'll talk a little bit about that. But just think about it. Almost 700 guys in the next six weeks reaching out to our community together on behalf of Jesus Christ, making an impact for people. So it's not just only about us learning and growing together together but also that we're going to impact our community and do something for someone who can't pay us back. Well, we're just doing it to be a blessing to them. So we want you guys to get involved in a service project. When you get together with your small group, your leader may already have an idea for you guys, or maybe you guys can discuss it together. You'll be able to figure all of that out. Now, we have a a coupon here, a $25 gift, gift certificate, I should say, for Pastor Sean. What he did this week is he said, whoever signs up for our 600th guy, and we were about seven away from that. We wanted to give you a $25 gift certificate for Dick's Sporting Goods, and we have that person here, so I'm going to read your name. Uh, Tim Gilla, Gilligan? Tim? No, I'm just kidding. 
And if this person is not here to receive this, we already found out that I get, the, I get this automatically. How many Jonathans do we have here? I can't see your hands. You have to say something. Two. Three. How many Jonathans do we have here? <laughs> okay, there's three of you. Four. I don't know how to say your last name, but Jonathan, S-Z-P-I-L-A, Zipilla? I asked Pastor Sean, are we sure this guy's going to be here tonight? He said, for sure, because he won the coupon. Jonathan, S-Z-P-I-L-A. We'll get back to you afterwards. I'll go talk to Pastor Sean. We'll confer together and find out how we can handle this. He's probably in the hallway. This guy's still signing up or something. I don't know, but he was a 600 person to sign up. Guys, Pastor Tim's going to come up now. He's going to be our small group leader for tonight. Go over the first few chapters of the book and explain it to us. And then either he or Pastor Sean will come up afterwards and explain the book to you, what we're going to do from there. So please give it up for our pastor, Pastor Tim Gilligan. Yeah. Hey, guys. Well, I'm just blown away. Because originally what the Lord put in my heart uh, was to get the men together as far as groups. And uh, I'll qualify what a small group is for you in just a moment. Get the guys in a group. Get them in a book. Get them on a project. And as you may have heard me say, we, we got together and thought, what would be a win? You know, it's like we're trying to get this together. What, what number do we say? You know, if we can get that many guys, that would be a win. That number was 300. And then what we believed God for, we said our faith goal would be 500. And so what all this says to me is God's wanting to do more than we could ask or think. And I really believe that. And so I'm going to be some good stuff out of this. Now, you see, I signed up for a small group. Pastor Mike said, this is my small group. This is too big for a small group. True. He's horrible with math, geometry, that kind of thing. So I'll help you out with this. Tonight, uh, when I finish, Pastor Sean will come and share a few things. The reason we mentioned Pastor Sean is he is over groups, and so uh, that's a new endeavor for us. He will, he's over groups, and so he and a team have organized like you just would not believe, and a lot of it has, has been a moving target because of the uh, massive signups that we've had. But before we leave the sanctuary tonight, we're all going to uh, know where to go to get Go meet your group, and that'll be a little bit of meet and greet before we go eat some food. Did I mention food? We're going to have some awesome food tonight. So let me take just a few moments tonight and uh, share some things that I think are foundational to this whole thing. And again, I want to thank all of you for being here. And and when I end in just a few moments, um, I want you to be thinking about why you're here, why you're here. You know, did somebody invite you? Somebody pressure you? Uh, you are super excited to do this, whatever it would be, because we want to resolve something about that tonight before we finish. Something that we've been teaching uh, around here for a number of years, we've even had some retreats, uh, that this would be our, our actual theme is the better the man, the better the anything, everything. And I hope you get that concept that uh, most disappointment, most neglect, most abuse, most whatever that has happened in any of our lives has happened either directly or indirectly, because a man has not been in the place that he should have been. Either he didn't know to be there, nobody had modeled it for him, or he was off doing something else, or whatever else. And it's just important, the role of men in the life of, of 
women, the role of men in the life of children, the role of men in the life of other men is just a huge, huge issue. And it's, a, it's an epidemic issue and problem in our culture and around the world. And so we believe that the better the man, then the better anything else. The better the man, the better the neighborhood, the better the church, the better the marriage, the better the family, the better the business, the better the community, whatever it would be, the better the man. So what we've got to work on is, is us. And I'm for us. God is for us. Um, let me lead to the book here. How many of you have your book tonight? Okay. Good. We're going to read a little bit from it in, in, in a few moments. I'll, I'll go to a couple of things. If you didn't bring your book, don't worry about it. Um, but go ahead and start reading it. Some of you say, well, I'm not a reader. Well, I don't like to read. We'll get into this. I think you're going to like it. And um, do your best to just take a few pages a day and, and get into this. You'll be glad that you did. And some things are going to hit you big right away. Other things are kind of residual. You'll find yourself thinking about these things. I first read this book, and the first edition came out um, in 1984, 1985, uh, read it, and it really put some things in my life, some tools that I think have helped me immensely. I've talked to a number of guys that are older than myself, and they said, where was this book when I needed it years ago? And it was out, but you didn't know about it. So we've got it now. If you did not get a book yet, we ran out of them, but I think we have another order, and books will be in either tomorrow or Tuesday. And uh, you can come by and get those then. Or you can order them uh, through Amazon. And if you have a Kindle or if you have a smartphone, you can, you can download them to the Kindle app. And uh, you can read them that way. Um, let's hit a few things here. There is more to you than meets the eye. And the real you lives on the inside. The real you is on the inside. And 3 John verse 2. Here's God's design. And he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as, does anybody know? Even as your soul prospers. God has designed us kind of from an inside out sort of uh, fashion. So it's from the inside out. So what's on the inside leads to the outside. And a lot of people don't know that. And that's part of the purpose of this of this book. It's part of a lot that we teach around here. If you've been around here for a while, you know a few of these things. But it's inside leads to outside. So if there's chaos on the inside, it will make its way to the outside. How many of you know if there's anger on the inside, it, it'll come out? It, it will come out. If there's order on the inside, if there's peace on the inside, it will, it will work its way out. It's the whole idea of this, root and fruit, root and fruit. Jesus even talked about the fact that if the if the root is whole and healthy, then the fruit's going to be okay. But if the root is bad, then the, the tree is sick. And so what we've got to do is we've got to get below the water line. We've got to get below the, the soil, so to speak. We've got to get down on the inside. And that's what this author, Gordon McDonald, is talking about. It's your private world. It's your private world. And I'm not talking about your secret world, but it's your private world. And private world will take care of secret world, which probably needs taken care of. The outer is easier to see. The outer is easier to monitor. And guess what? The outer is easier to fake. And the people all over in our culture, they're good at faking on the outside. And unfortunately, one of the greatest or the most predominant places that people fake, church. You come to church and all of a sudden we start saying, hallelujah. Amen. Good to see you, brother. 
you know, and then the rest of the week, who are we? What are we? You know, and then we come and sometimes we put on fake smiles and do different things. And the, and a real goal for all of us is to just have integrity inside and out. Integrity actually has to do with just being one, that everything's consolidated as one, that we would be whole. That if you woke, woke somebody up and they didn't have a chance to put on the fake smile or whatever, it, it, that person would be there. And that no matter what is going on, no matter where you would see them, that we would be the same because that creates a real security and peace on the inside of us. So the outer is easier to, to see and to monitor, but the inner can only be ignored or neglected so long. The inside, the private world, can only be neglected or ignored so long. If you got your book, go ahead and turn with me to page 11, and I'm just going to read a little bit of this here for you. And it's called The Sinkhole Syndrome. The Sinkhole Syndrome. How many of you have read that far? You've read, you've read some of us. Good. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to read part of 11 and part of, part of 12 here. It said, the residents of Florida, that's us, the residents of a Florida apartment building awoke to a terrifying sight outside their windows. The ground beneath the street in front of their building had literally collapsed, creating a massive depression that Floridians call a what? Sinkhole. And you know what? I know too many people that that's the story of their life. Let's keep reading here. Tumbling into the ever-deepening pit were automobiles, pavement, sidewalks, lawn furniture. The building itself would obviously be the next to go. Sinkholes occur, scientists say, when underground streams drain away during seasons of drought, causing the ground at the surface to lose its underlying support. Suddenly, everything caves in leaving people with a frightening suspicion that nothing, not even the earth beneath their feet, is trustworthy. There are many people whose lives are like one of Florida's sinkholes. It is likely that at one time or another, many of us have perceived ourselves to be on the verge of a sinkhole-like cave-in in feelings of numbing fatigue, a taste of apparent failure, or a bitter experience of disillusionment about goals or purposes. We may have sent something within us about to give way. We feel we are just a moment from a collapse that will threaten to sweep our entire world into a bottomless pit. Sometimes there seems to be little that can be done to prevent such a collapse. What is wrong? If we think about it for very long, we may discover the existence of an inner space, our private world. This is where we're going, guys. About which we were formerly ignorant. I hope it will become apparent that if neglected, this private world will not sustain the weight of events and stresses that press upon us. I want to read that sentence again. If neglected, this private world will not sustain the weight of events and stresses that press upon us. Some people are surprised and disturbed when they make such a self-discovery. They suddenly realize that they've spent the majority of their time and energy establishing a life on the visible level at the surface. They've accumulated a host of good and perhaps even excellent assets such as ac academic degrees, work experience, key relationships, and physical strength or beauty. There's nothing wrong with all of that. But often it is, it is discovered almost too late that the private world of the person is in a state of disorderliness or weakness. And when, and when that is true, there is always the potential for the sinkhole syndrome that it would collapse. And we see it happen publicly. We see it happen privately. Being in the, the ministry this many years, I've, you, you sometimes see a person and they seem to be okay. Looks like things are okay. And all of a sudden, everything falls apart. 
All of a sudden, then there's a big toll. And this is the thing I want to draw your attention to. Remember I said the better the man, the better. Well, guess what? If, if a man goes through this sinkhole experience, he's going to take others with him. He's going to hurt families. He's going to hurt friends. He's going to hurt businesses. He's going to hurt communities. It's going to hurt that when we seem to be okay on top. And again, that's easy to monitor. That's easy to, to appear a certain way. And it's easy to even fake to a degree. But after a while, if we neglect this private world, then we set ourselves up for this. Um, you have an inside private world, and if it is in order, or excuse me, if it is out of order, everything else is in peril. And it may not be uh, obvious right now, but it is eventual. You have to take care of the inside. And you have an inside and private world, and if it is in order, then everything will find balance and blessing and stability and security. So it's important, more important than the, out, the outside would be the inside, down underneath. And guys, I know I'm talking to every one of us here and people all around us, you know, and we, we see it just happen too often. And we don't want to be the guy that, it's not obvious, but it is eventual that there will be a collapse. And it's not too late, guys. It's not too late for any of us to give attention and start to be very intentional about looking underneath the soil, looking below the water level, getting down into the soul level and, and checking on this. If you look with me in chapter 2 and uh, page 19 and 20, I'm just going to read part of this. And it's called A View from the Bridge. How many of you were in the Navy or whatever? You, you kind of would understand that a little bit. The author writes, a friend was once an officer aboard a, US, a United States Navy nuclear submarine. Submarine goes where? Underwater. Underwater. He related to me, and I knew that you knew that. It's kind of rhetorical. Okay, I just want to, I wasn't like teaching y'all that. He related to me an experience that happened one day when the sub was on duty in the Mediterranean. Many ships were passing overhead on the surface, and the submarine was forced to make a large number of violent maneuvers to avoid possible collisions. In the absence of the, friend, of the captain, my friend was duty officer in charge of giving the commands by which the submarine was positioned at each moment. Because there was such a sudden and unusual amount of movement, the captain who had been in his own quarters, suddenly appeared on the bridge asking, get this now, is everything all right? Is everything all right? Yes, sir, was my friend's reply. The captain took a quick look around and then started back through the hatch to leave the bridge. As he disappeared, he said, it looks all right to me too. With just a few words and the abrupt exit, the captain conveyed his unqualified confidence in the duty officer's leadership. That simple routine encounter between a naval commander and one of his trusted officers provided me with a helpful picture uh, of the order of one's private world. All around that submarine, follow this, all around that submarine, the potential danger of collision was lurking. It was enough to make any alert captain show concern. Watch this, though. But that danger was outside. The danger was outside. Deep down inside the sub was a quiet place 
where there could be absolute control of the ship's destiny. And that was where the captain instinctively headed. That's huge. On the bridge, the center of command, there was not a hint of panic, only a calm and deliberate series of actions being carried out by a highly trained crew of seamen doing their job. Thus, when the commander appeared on the bridge to assure himself that everything was in order, it was. Is everything all right, he asked. Assured that it was, he looked around and agreed. Looks all right to me too. He had gone, get this, he had gone to the right place and received the proper answer. This is how the captain had organized his sub. The appropriate procedures, follow this, the appropriate procedures were practiced a thousand times when there was no danger. And see, that's key. That's really spiritual disciplines. How many of you were around when we were teaching the 17-week series in training? And there's some things, and all of those related not so much to outward, they related to inward. And there's some things that we've got to get in place on the inside. And guess what? The danger's on the outside. But if you can get it together on the inside, if you can have certain things in place on the inside, no matter what's going on on the outside, you can stay calm. Because you've gone through, like it said here, the appropriate procedures were practiced a thousand times when there was no danger. So then when there is danger, guess what? There's no panic because we know what to do. We're already walking with God. We've already got a number of things already in place. Now, I want to uh, show you our private world for this book. I believe there's a few other things to, to consider. But there are five factors or five sectors. I don't know why I'm doing this, but there's five. Five, okay? This is what I meant. That's it. And so these are what you'll cover. These, these five things, the first four of these, you're going to cover in your small groups. They'll be, in, they'll be in the chapters. And then the very last one, we'll share in the final rally um, on that sixth week when we all come together. But I've got these up on the screen for you here to show you. The first one is motivation. Motivation. Everybody say motivation. motivation. And there'll be some dis- discussion. Some of you have already read this far. Are you driven or are you called? And you've got to look at what is moving you, what is motivating you, and there's some incredible, life-changing, life-saving stuff concerning that. Second thing would be this, use of time, use of time. Everybody say use of time. Time is a, a commodity that, you know what, every one of us gets 24 hours a day. If it was dollars, you get 24 bucks a day. And I don't care who you are, you don't get more, you don't get less, everybody gets the same. And it's how we steward that and how we use that that is an incredible thing. A lot of people, they're just so cluttered in so many ways, they don't use their time right, and they're constantly running into problems because of that. Third thing is this, wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. Everybody say wisdom and knowledge. I alluded to it. I know I did first service. I'm pretty sure I did second service. We're living in a culture that just doesn't think much anymore. And we're not growing. You should be a lifelong learner. I don't care how old you are. If you're here and you're 103 years old or you're 13 years old and you're, and you're with us today, you need to commit yourself to be a lifelong learner, to gain wisdom, to gain knowledge, and make that a part of your life. Not just for yourself, yes, for yourself, but also so you can be a resource to other people. And we've got to be thinkers. Everybody say thinkers. We've got to be guys that think for ourselves, that we gain wisdom and knowledge from the proper places and we think about things. I talked about it this morning. Our culture is in sad shape because our intellect is being fed by sound bites. The media just shoots sound bites at us. It's just little things and quick commercials. If you want to be sexy, buy this. If you want to be cool, wear this. 
This is how to think about that. This is okay. Blah, blah, blah. It's sound bites, just like the devil in the garden. It's just these little sound bites, taking something out of context, only taking portions of it. And we've got to think this thing all the way through. You know, Eve and Adam in the garden, have they pushed back and said, I want more than a sound bite. Wait, let's go back and see what God really said. It would have been a whole different story. I said it would be a whole different story. And then the, the next one is this, spiritual strength. Spiritual strength. If you faint in the day of weakness, uh, of adversity, it's because your strength is small. And we've got to have strength. And listen, guys, I, I, uh, I'm healthy. I exercise. I ride bike. I go to the gym. My, my trainer's here. Um, somebody's playing banjo. Um, I believe it's important that we stay healthy. Uh, we should do all that we could do to be healthy and strong. But I'm not even talking about that kind of strength. I'm talking about a strength that's below the surface, a strength that's on the inside. That when things come, because I've, I've watched them, some massive healthy people just collapse because they didn't have anything on the inside when a problem or crisis came to them. And you've got to have that strength on the inside. And then on the last week, we're going to talk about restoration and I, I want to talk to you uh, kind of in depth about that when we come back together all as a group. Now, let me just kind of wrap this up a little bit. The beginning of every chapter, the beginning of every chapter, there's a little uh, graphic, and it looks like a sticky note. And it's called Memo to the Disorganized. Have me go, go ahead and admit we probably disorganized in at least one or two places of our life, okay? All right, how many of you are disorganized all over the place, okay? I'm selectively disorganized. I have some things that are just, I mean, if, if uh, a gnat went by it, I'd know because you messed, you messed up what I had all organized. There's other things. You could park three camels in there. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. You know, just, you know, just speaking that way, not, not actually. I don't have any big mess like that. But there, we're, we're all kind of selectively organized, disorganized, and we need, very, we need to be very, very careful that we're organized in the right things. There's some things that my wife will say, you need to straighten this up, you need to clean this up. You need... How many of you, your wife went to the same wife school? And we love them, don't we? Oh, that wasn't very hearty. We love them, don't we? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but it's like, that don't even matter. And it sure don't matter right now. And I don't know why that's so important and I don't know why that's so urgent. And I just tell her, no, I don't, I think it. <laughs> All right. But the memo to the disorganized, we'll look at that in just a moment. Here's the big thing, guys, and this is what we're after. We have to increase our awareness and our attention of the private world. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, pay attention to your heart. Give attention to your heart, that inner world, because out of it, that's where life flows. And the New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. On page 10, if you want to look with me real quick here, memo to the disorganized, it says this. If my private world is in order, it will be because I'm convinced that the inner world of the spiritual must govern the outer world of activity. It's huge. But if my private world is going to get into order, it must be because I'm convinced. Everybody say convinced. You've got to be convinced of this yourself. That my, I've got to be convinced that the inner world of the spiritual must govern 
the outer world of activity. And look over on page 18 for chapter 2, Memo to the Disorganized. Hey, and guys, if you really like, you know, like, I hate to read it at all, at least read these, okay? First page of each chapter, at least do that. And then what I'm hoping is you'll feel this real sense of accomplishment. And you're like, well, read all those. Read, and you'll go ahead and read some of the other stuff, okay? Page 18, memo to the disorganized. Say, that's me. If my private world is in order, it will be, this is huge, you ready for it? It will be because I make a daily choice to monitor its state of orderliness. A daily choice. And I think you need to make that choice and check it out early and throughout the day. And just like your car, your boat, whatever, has dials and gauges so you can see what's going on, you're going to get used to some things in your life that you can realize, well, I need to pay attention to this. I need to pay attention to this. There's some things I've realized in my life, wow, that's running a little bit hot. That's running a little bit high. Wow, that really feels slow. And guys, you don't just keep on plowing. You've got to monitor that. You've got to look at that and see what's going on, not on the outside, but what's going on on the inside, and to check that out. Now, as I finish this up tonight, to be the man that God created you to be, that's a high call. We've called our men's ministry for a number of years high call. And we're calling the men's groups answer the call. Because that's what I want you to do. I believe that's what God is calling us to do. To be the man of God that you and I are created and called to be. That's a high call. But you, you've got to answer that call. You've got to answer that call. And let me just say this, and I I said it earlier. I don't know why you signed up. Okay, I'm glad you did. But I don't know why you particularly signed up. I don't know if your wife looked at you and, and, you know, just kept elbowing you. I don't know if Louie threatened you and called you four times. How many of you signed signed up because Louie threatened you? Okay, okay, all right. I don't know if you got court ordered. I don't know if you got in line. You thought you were getting in line for something else, and then you ended up getting signed up for this or, or whatever. I don't know why. Some of you may have said, you know, it's, it's time that I, I make this move. I do this. For, I, don't, I don't know why you signed up, but this is what I would, I would call you to do tonight. Make it yours now. Make it yours now. And what I want to challenge you to do, and tonight's the kickoff for this, is to decide for yourself, not for anybody else, but for yourself. I'm making this mine. I am going to answer the call. And I don't know your background. I don't, you know, some of you guys I know close, some of you guys I know little, and some of you guys I've never seen you before. Uh, but whoever you are, whatever's going on in your life, that you make the decision. Because, guys, it's time. And I'll t- I go ahead and say this, it's probably past time, that we go ahead and answer the call And be the man of God that God created us to be. And I want you to do it because you want to do it. I don't want you to do it because your wife's making you do it. I don't want you to do it because three of your buddies are doing it or whatever. All all the reasons that we could come up with. I want you tonight to decide, I'm going to do this. I am going to answer the call. And then I'm going to challenge you to do something. To make this six weeks work for us. Okay? Make it work. This has happened in my life. I know it's happened in a number of your lives that even just a single interaction was life-changing. 
And I think if we commit ourselves to these six weeks, listen, we've got four weeks of groups, just four weeks. We're going to do another Sunday night, which you've already proven you can do that. And we're going to do that November 11th. And in between that, there's going to be four Four times that you're going to come together for a small group here. You already know how to get here. We're trying to take all excuses out of the way. It's only going to be about for an hour when you come. And, you, and you're going to meet your group tonight. But commit to do it. Unless there's, you know, you, you just got, you know, surgery planned. Or something. Commit to do it. It's just four weeks. It's just four weeks. And real life change is going to happen in the context of these relationships. Real life change is going to happen when we surround and come together for a single purpose. Real life change is going to come when you'll read and consider and think and apply good material like the book that we're looking at. Real life change is going to come when we start to just hold each other accountable, not that we're checking up on one another, but just I know that I'm going to be face to face with some brothers of mine. And real life change is going to come when we work together on some kind of project. Helping a little old lady that's down the street from one of the guys in the group. Hey, man, her front porch is dry rot or whatever. Hey, we can do that. Or whatever it would be that your group comes up with to do a project. The joy is in serving. There's great strength to come out of this. And this is going to be life-changing. And I believe it's going to be life-changing in this way. It's going to make us better guys. And the better the man, the better anything else is. So I'm going to ask you to do this. Whatever's going on in you, where you're at, whatever... I want you to forget every other person in here. And if you will, and, and we'll probably end up in a few moments, reality, all of us standing. But I'm wanting you that if you tonight, and I hope you'll do this in the right way, that if you tonight would say, I'm going to do this for me. I'm gonna answer, I am going to answer the call and be the man of God that God wants me to be. If you're going to do that, you decide to do that. You're convinced. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm starting tonight. I'm going to do it. If that would be you, don't do it for any other reason except that you're doing it. I want you to just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. Let's pray. Father, we solemnly stand before you right now. And we say to you, we're surrounded by our brothers, but we say to you, I am answering the call. I hear the high call to be a man of God. I'm not even all sure what all this is going to entail. But I welcome your call in my life to be the man of God, to take care of my inner private world. I commit myself over these next six weeks to seek you, to read to faithfully be a part of my group and to come back here in six weeks and celebrate and rally with a form of the men that are here tonight. Because God, I believe there will be an advanced form of each of these men when we come back in just six weeks. So Lord Jesus, with your help, and it's not about perfection, it's about direction. We step out now, we answer the call. I say for myself, Lord Jesus, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I answer the high call to be the man of God you've called me to be. I pray this now in Jesus' name. And every man that believed that, say amen with me tonight. Amen. amen. Let's give God praise tonight, will we?